0: Lord, I just want to thank you for this evening. You are a God that steps into our life. And sometimes we think we lose everything when we come to you, but then we realize we find life. And a joy floods into us, and we start to to bubble up, Lord, because you are alive. And tonight in this place, I can sense your joy. I know everyone here doesn't always have a perfect life. But we serve the perfect God. So there's always hope flowing in between us. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that you love everyone and that you are at work. Teach us tonight about your voice and how you speak. And make us a congregation who not only hear and talk to one another, but then at the end do and follow through on what you have said. Amen. Right, let's head into this. We are finishing off hearing God's voice, and tonight we're going to focus on how God speaks. How God speaks. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. As a human being, you have been created by God quite spectacularly. I don't know if you know this, but certain things pushes your buttons. If, if uh, some, Sometimes you get triggered of stuff that happened way in the past and it gets you emotionally overwhelmed or it gets you angry. You are quite complex. Sometimes uh, uh, some thinkers in the world will would offer, no, you know what, um, having sex or being intimate with someone, it's just physical. It's just physical. And then, You talk to someone that has been abused in that way 30 years later, and you realize it's not just physical. This person experienced trauma, deep spiritual trauma and pain. And when the tears come out, you realize human beings have been made quite unique. We have very deep hearts, very, very deep. And all of the stuff we've went through in the past and the way God has made you, some of us, you know, when, when you watch the, ma- the movie Bambi with your children, you cry every time. Where's the criers? Just wave at me. Yeah, Hanu. <laughs> okay, I got it. So, and you watch Lion King, and every time you just hope, you know, Mufasa doesn't, is that his name, eh? The dad? You, you just, every time you hope, he gets away. But, you know, it, it will not change. And every time you cry, you know, you've just made that way. God makes us uh, in very specific ways, but he's made us in a way that we can receive information from him um, very intricately. But everything we hear and see and believe or everything we experience is not from him. Um, I remember speaking to a friend, he's a pastor today, and uh, when he's when his dad passed away he was very traumatized and the one night he said you know it was it was raining in cape town and then the window just flung open and the and the and the curtains blew up whoosh, like this and he said it felt like his dad came in now we know <laughs> that those who pass away pass on to god yes the holy spirit is alive and we often have memories of loved ones but he's not there in the room but even being a pastor he said i'm a pastor but let me tell you what that type of trauma triggers ways of thinking that sends shivers down your spine what about stuff you experience like that Your the window goes open and you're like was that god was that the devil what about scary dreams who, who have dealt with those you're like, what, what does this mean? Is this is this God? Is this not God? Every impulse, just let me just say this before we head into tonight. Every impulse or every bit of communication that you experience is not automatically from God. Just because you can hear it and experience it, you still have a responsibility to take what you have experienced to the cross. Um Let's have that next slide up through some of these tests we preached through the previous two weeks to say, Hey, Lord, is this you? I was jogging and someone came past me in a vehicle and shouted, uh, You should pack up your stuff and leave. You know, and like, Was that you, Lord? <laughs> Did you just use that person? go where, you know, these kind of things fall on us and it could be God, but we have to be mature so that we can rightly discern, is this God or not? Sometimes, I'm just standing here for a while before I head into this, sometimes the world teaches us that our emotions is the test of whether it is God or not. If I feel like this, like, and I really, I feel like it really, 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 really bad, then it must be God. Surely he wouldn't want me to be unhappy. And so people get ideas imprinted into them. And then maybe a friend that does not serve God helps them. Like, you know, I really feel that I should, um, I I feel I should leave my wife and, and then a friend says, yeah, I also left mine. And since I left my wife, I've been way happier. You know, has that just been confirmation? You know, um, what if we really feel like, like really, and we feel like we're in a corner? Hearing God's voice is very important. So the previous two weeks, we looked at those tests. And what I want you to do is to think of your ability to hear, see, perceive, dream, Um, experience different emotions as a massive table with many things on it like a buffet table right and what you are able to do with the help of a spirit is to ask God to take you through all of the things you perceive and some of the things you have to take off the table this is not from God we see this this part we see in the word so this must be another voice oh this is not from God. And as we learn to take the things off the table, right, that's not from God, we learn to discover his will for our life because we are made to hear. Amen? So if we look at a quick oversight, I've got three Points on the typically, you would receive a revelation or information, an emotion, a dream. Uh, that, you know, the 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 window goes open and the curtain goes up. Something would happen, and then it's the interpretation. It's is this you, Lord? I you know, um, maybe you have a relationship with God. You know your Bible. You're like, okay, so it can't be this because I, I read in, in Scripture that God has not given me a spirit of fear. So what I'm feeling, this being overwhelmed with fear, something is not right here. And so you're interpreting, and then you you end up with some kind of application or obedience. Okay, Lord, so you just want me to give my life back into your hands, or you want me to go and say sorry to that person, or you want me to take my faith more seriously. But those three things work together. And then just to summarize, last week and the week before, we basically had part one and part two Um Dealing with is this you, Lord? Interpretation, application. And tonight we are at avenues of revelation or avenues of communication. How does the voice of God reach your heart? That's what we're going to focus on. Was an antwerp paper? The pipes that carries the water or the conveyor belts, those, these different ones, in, in the way God has made us, we are, we are multifaceted. We can feel, hear, see, experience, remember, and go through trauma. All these things can bring to us, let's call it food, that ends up on a table. What should be there and what should we take off? Okay, are you with me with where we are tonight? Take your lungs and say a room full of chocolate. I think God gave us a word, a word of wisdom when it comes to this chocolate fountain. That was definitely from God. If I look at your faces, there was confirmation. I just want to read this to you. Joel 2.28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Right? You see that same scripture being quoted in the New Testament in Acts. I'm not going to read it again. It's the same one, all right? Hebrews 4 verse 12, just look at the complexity of how you are made. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of a heart, This verse specifically talking about the word of God, but just look at how you are made. The question we have to ask ourselves at this moment is, how good does God know you and how able is he to speak to you on the deepest level? He can do it, right? He can do it. Isn't it amazing that God knows how to reach the deep end of your heart? Let's head into into tonight. I I had this up this morning. I just want to say that the goal of tonight is not to have every possible way God can speak on the screen. I can't do that. I'm not qualified to do that. First of all, I'm on the earth and he's in the heaven, right? The goal for tonight would be to show you many ways in which God can speak. Refer to some scripture so that you can realize that, hey, I see now that God actually speaks more often to me than what I realize. Now I know that in my car, I have heard Him. Now I know that in my anger, yes, He did speak with me. Because maybe maybe you just need to see all these various ways that God can speak to you. The one that made you, that formed you, He knows how to speak with you. The first way God can speak Tonight we call impressions. Impressions. And I divided those in two groups. An impression in our heart or an emotional impression. Now, I can't say this is how it always works. I'm going to talk out of my own life a lot. And Bron, I want you to share that that story you shared this morning, please. Often when God speaks to me, Uh, and to people that I know of, is you're busy with something, you're making petrol, it's us all, you're making petrol, making petrol, or you're marking homework, and then a thought or an impression hits you like a train, but from a different side. Why am I suddenly concerned about my mother-in-law? I mean, where did this... I mean, I'm making petrol here, I'm thinking of, of different formulas, and, and I'm making sure I'm safe. Everyone's watching. We're safe here. Yes. And then next moment, my mother-in-law's on my heart. You know when God speaks about your mother-in-law, it's really God. It's really <laughs> the Spirit. <of> <laughs> <laughs> and and um, you know, that's funny. But sometimes it's a stray idea or a stray thought that enters you. I'm not saying it's always God, because it, always, it can also be the enemy that tempts you suddenly. But God speaks like that, reminding us about a scripture we read this morning, placing someone on our hearts. It's an impression. It's something we feel. I want to read you a quick scripture here. Nehemiah 6, verse 12. Nehemiah's building the wall, and there's baddies like my son will call them, that's trying to distract them. And they're sending a messenger to him with long stories. And this is what he says. He says, Lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired them. Those were the baddies. You know, I just picked up in my heart, this is not God at work here. This messenger coming here saying, hey, go down and meet with those people. They have something to show you. Something is off here. Who's experienced that before? That television, it lost signal. Now it's snowy. Man, Lord. Now, at that moment, we don't have all the answers, but what we know is that we serve a living God that we can draw near to. Lord, something here. I perceive something not to be right, okay? Like an impression in the heart or in the mind. That would be like the impression of heart. And then the other one, an emotional impression. Sometimes God uses the way he made us our emotions to deeply connect with another person. We see this even with Jesus. In John um, 11, 33, it says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, that's at Lazarus' grave. Sorry, I'm throwing a few scriptures in here, guys, pulling them from all over tonight. Um, I don't have time to go in depth into each of them, um, but but, but you'll catch the just. Jesus goes to the grave of Lazarus, his friend, and he knows he's going to wake this man up out of a death. He's going to call his name, and he's going to rise and He's going to eat, and he's going to be all right, okay? But when he sees saw also the Jews weeping, he groaned in the spirit, and he was troubled. was troubled. Now, there can be many reasons for that, but one at least is what the people was going through, Jesus went through as well. At that moment, just before he, he raised him from the dead, which causes Jesus to deeply plug into those people and weep with them. And they said, see how much he loved them. And sometimes what happens is, I'll take myself um, as an example. I'm dealing with a lot of stuff that goes wrong, a lot of stuff that goes right. And sometimes my heart is sheltered from some of the stories I hear because if I have to absorb everything, I'm just going to be crying the whole day, all right? But the other day I'm talking to a lady and she's just sharing with me about a divorce. I hear this a lot. It's not new. But that day, my lip just started to tremble when she told me about her son and her ex-husband don't want to come to the house. So when her son visits a dad, he needs to walk out of the yard for two blocks. Then he can get into his dad's car. When I heard that, I was just crying in my heart. And I knew that this was not only a conversation, that God wanted me to experience what's happening here. It was an emotional impression. Um, I've, I've never left my family. I've never left my son, but it felt like I did. It's like I could understand. And I knew I should take this a step further, and I invited them to come to our home, because I just wanted that boy to come to my house. I just want to kick soccer ball with him or have him play with, with Caleb and just celebrate them. Now, that's a very small thing, but God can weave our emotions to enable ministry. He can weave our emotions to enable care for others. Scripture says Jesus looked at them and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep that went astray. But for me, my heart gets hard. So sometimes I see the sheep that goes astray and I shelter my heart. But then the Spirit comes and opens my heart gives me an impression, gives me an understanding what that boy must feel like, what that person must feel like that that was told, you know, that they're ugly, they're not accepted, they never have friends. I don't know what that feels like, but he knows how to give us that feeling, that connection, because at once, Jesus was pushed away. Our high priest experienced everything. Isn't that amazing? So the first thing that you can know is that God works with impressions. I sense, I feel. And I'm not going to say this a whole night, but let me say this again while we're at point number one. What you and I sense never overrides or overrules Scripture. It can only be taken to the Bible, and then the Bible can cut it to side, size, and then we, then we end up with what we should do. Amen? But to say we are emotionally uninvolved, that's, that's just not true. The scripture speaks of loving him with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul, with joy and fervent prayer. You know, so God wants to engage all you are, all your faculties, but gives you the give you the wisdom to bring it under the word. That's true wisdom. Amen. And so some people would say, "No, no, no. Let's leave all the emotions out. We're only going to read the Bible, and we're only going to write it over in our small groups. We're going to talk, and we're going to answer one another with scriptures." If someone says, I've got a bad day, then you must say, so put on a garment of praise for spirit of heaviness. And, you know, you just, okay, and on the other side, people, they're so mad at those people. They say, no, we should just feel, and, you know, and they call it being in the spirit when we only feel. But that's not true. It's the word and the spirit. Amen? It's both together. He cried, yet he always obeyed. He was deeply troubled. Yet he never lost focus of the Father. That's our Savior. And He works with us with impressions. I'm trying to give this as uh, biblical, but I'm trying to be as biblically sound as possible here to make sure that we are raising up uh, mature believers in here. Amen. The second part um, is what we'd call the voice of the Lord the voice of the Lord. Now, we're calling this whole sermon series hearing the voice of God because ultimately it's God that's speaking to us. But the reason we give this one the own little point is because sometimes we are dealing here with not a sense of I feel warm towards this person or God. It opened my heart to my wife again after I felt like it, my heart was hot. That would be an impression. I feel, I sense, I I love my wife, it would be an impression, um, and love you. I just want to say, I'm sorry if I hurt you, God just laid on my heart how much I love you again, please forgive me, impression. When we're dealing with the voice of the Lord, it's almost like we're dealing with sentences or verses that comes to mind. Okay, you remember a scripture and you see the words in front of you, You, some of you you, you think like that you see the comma you see the point you you know because the grammar is always right in your in your world you know unlike mine and so and so you you hear god like that all right so, so so often you might be praying or singing in your room reading the bible and the holy spirit will speak to you please phone this person and hear if they are all right the voice of the lord Now you're like, okay, can this be God? Is this against scripture? No, scripture says, care for one another, look out for one another, be your brother's keeper, strengthen one another in the faith. That might be God. So uh, maybe I'm doubting if I hear correctly, but it's not against scripture. So I'm gonna obey Lord, I'm stepping out in faith. All right, the voice of the Lord. Now the still small voice is this idea of God speaking, whispering to you. And um, for me, how I remember this is, it's often, he, it's not like he gives you just the answer like that tomorrow at 12 o'clock you should make coffee for that person. It's You sense God saying reach out to that person. You hear scriptures that says do the work of evangelists, pray, pray for those who don't know me, have a heart for the sheep. And so through different words he guides your life into the right direction like a shepherd. He shepherds you with his word in your heart along with the word in the Bible, the still small voice. What makes the internal audible voice a little bit different is when it cuts and it's specific. I want you tomorrow at 12 o'clock to reach out to that person sitting in row number three. Do it. It's not so much shepherding as a still small voice God guiding you generally in his way, but you get an instruction. You get an instruction from God. Some of you have heard this before—that internal audible voice. You've you've driven past someone standing along the road, and 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 it's it's not a sin to go past. But that day, you just knew, make a U-turn. Who's experienced that before? And and you just you went there, and then once the, that person got into the car, you knew why you had to turn around. God just spoke to you in your heart. Amen? So for me, I, I remember God speaking to me with 2.2 on two occasions in my life. The first was when I was in my second year, um, a lot of people in our res started to turn their hearts to, to Jesus. Carl was one of them, and, and we had great opposition. We had we had uh, persecution, like real stuff, We our, our, People took our clothes and dumped them in the toilets. We had our vehicles vandalized, but a, but every week people would become saved. So we just stood up for God. And those of you that's been in a university race would know that in your second year you can you can stand for for haka, right? And then you can also stand for prim. But normally in your second years you will you will go on to haka first, and then if you want to stay on, you'll be prim. Now I'll be I was lying on my bed one day actually reading a book about the holy spirit and as i was reading i heard the holy spirit say clearly to me in my heart you must stand for prim in your second year that was my second year i heard it clearly i wasn't i was loved by the christians but i was hated by the non-christians because i was fighting for the faith and so i got up went to my computer, I typed out my CV because we, you have to put your little CV um, I'm standing for Hawker of Rugby or Hawker of Culture whatever, it, it's on there and what you're doing around the is your name and surname and stuff I typed out my name Avani Abad Position prim. took the paper same day, pa up against the wall and the people were shocked arrogant second year but I just heard God's voice now, in my rage, you have to stand on a table, sorry, ladies, with only your underpants on and one rugby sock. I don't know why. That's just how it works. And I was standing against the massive guy who was playing lock for Marty's, And they selected me as Prim. The, the month after, when we had to go on the Haka Circus, that's what they call it. God spoke. Clearly, and I knew if I did not do it, I would be disobeying him. That was a time when I heard his voice very clearly. Another time that happens to me happened to me is... I was um studying, I'm a biokineticist, and I, st- I was studying the knee. And I was just like, oh, you know, I, I can't, this, you know, these Latin words, it's like reading in tongues with no one to interpret it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm as I'm studying, and I'm, you know, I, I I don't even want to get a coffee break. I'm like I need to break for a year. I'm studying the knee. I still see the picture in front of me with all the ligaments. I yeah. God speak in my heart that I'm going to marry Janae, my wife. Clearly. Bah! I wasn't thinking about my romantic future. I wasn't planning a wedding. I was studying the knee. <laughs> and, and then like, like a rocket through my thoughts, poof, God intervenes and he speaks, speaks to me. And I, and I think he knew he had to do that with me. Um, but, you know, I broke up with her two and a half years before that, and I wasn't, like, welcome at her home. Her dad was, like, chasing me away and stuff. So, like, no, Lord, I don't want to hear this. So I went back to uh, to her house to make peace, and then her dad reintroduced himself to me. We went out for three years before that. So, so, But God just said, this is what you're going to do. I didn't tell that to her. Please, if you want to date someone, don't tell them God said. I'm going to marry you, you know, because they're going to hit you. Um, you you allow God to do the work. Amen? But I remember him speaking to me very clearly in those two instances. Oh, with a still small voice, I'm just sharing some stories out of my own life. I remember when, when our service center in Cape Town asked, hey, uh, would you guys want to go to the beautiful Secunda? I was co-pastoring a church <laughs> in Cape Town. So where I lived, if the northwestern wind was pumping, you could kick a rugby ball in the air and it would be in the ocean. And, the, and like the Cape August just came past my house. That's where we were living. When God said, or when my leader said, do you want to go to Secunda? And I remember one day being up on Table Mountain praying. Praying for him. Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, you know, Lord. And And I heard him speaking to me in my heart. I'm like, and what I heard was the following. He said to me, I will give you an inheritance prettier than anything you can see here if you remain in my will. Okay, so that, that's what he said. And then I, I was reminded at that moment of the words, go and make disciples. Matthew 28, 19. Go and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Only those two things. Not not yet. Oh, go to Sukuna, like a straight audible voice. But he was preparing my heart. I will give an inheritance. Go and make disciples. And I said, yes, well, that is what I want to do. And then I just sensed God moving me. And when I got in my car, I knew. I knew the way he spoke to me from different directions ushered me that we should go. And there was a group of people here that was praying for a pastor. They really wanted a pastor. And many people came here and they just waved goodbye and they never came back. So God gave me a heart. His still, small voice was just guiding me through scripture, many scriptures. And and at the end, um, I knew exactly what I had to do. Amen? Let's Let's read together in Acts 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, the work to which I have called them, and so what we see there is not, hey guys, it's good to have elders. We see that in Scripture as well. Hey, it's leadership is from God, which will be God guiding. This is this is this is cut through. I want you guys to set apart Barnabas and Saul. Very strong internal direction from God. God spoke it, and it was confirmed. Can you see that? You just can go two, one slide back again. Now, the audible voice of God we find in Scripture, I have not heard the audible voice of God speaking to me like these speakers are speaking to you at the moment, but I've heard of people that experience it in Muslim countries. It comes out that God that they've heard the voice of God calling them. What we can do tonight is look at Scripture and uh, because out of my own life, I can't tell you this is when it happened. But we know of a few times when Jesus heard the Father speak to him, right? When was one of those times? When he got baptized, heavens opened, and the Father spoke, This is my son, and I am pleased with him. At the transfiguration on the mountain again. But not only there, we also remember, who was the little boy that heard God's voice? Samuel. And then he went to Eli, He's like, Did you call me? He said, No, I didn't call you. Went back to his bed, heard the voice again. And at the end, Eli said, Listen, God is speaking to you. Just say, I'm here, Lord. How can I serve you? Another time where that happened in the New Testament, who who knows when? Who heard it? On his conversion journey, Polis, Saul, Acts. 9 verse 6, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what to do. That is the words of Jesus. And check what it says in verse 7. And the men who were were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. So so Paul was privileged to see and hear. The men around him could hear but could not see. So God can speak. I think it's important to, to make a mental note here that God can communicate in any way he wants to. Because he is God. And in these last days, he has chosen mostly to spread his words and the story of Christ through those who follow him. But he's not limited to that. Amen? Great. Let's go on. Dreams. Dreams. Who of you, who, who's the dreamers here? Who gets a lot of them? Quickly put your hand up, just wave. Okay, some. Who of you, when you dream, you you? it's almost like, you know, this must be significant because I don't really dream a lot. Who, who's those? You, you don't really dream a lot. You know, I, I'm I'm one of those. I think the problem is we drink too much coffee and eat too much flace. That's it. All yeah, right. But... Um, I know when I receive a dream and I remember it that I must really pray about it because I'm not typically a dreamer whereas some of the people in this congregation there's a lot of dreams a lot of communication from God. So I've divided them up into three segments. The first one is literal dreams. Literal dreams. Now this has happened to me before and to many people in this congregation where you know of something that your friend told you about, and you get an answer or a leading into that situation through a dream. For example, a literal dream would be your friend would tell you, hey, I wanna, I'm going to put a deposit down on that house. We're going to buy that house. My family's going to move in. But now a friend of his get a dream that night that as you walk into the house, the house collapses. Okay, it's a, It was that house. It was your friend, and something happened. And so what do you do? You go to your friend. You say, "Listen, I had a dream last night, and it it is unsettling me. And this is what I dreamed. I want you to pray about this. But when you walked into that house, the house caved in. All right, that's not a symbolic dream. That, that that's quite a dream of direction. So now we need to figure out was that God or not. Let's pull in some people to pray. Maybe break bread. Should we maybe walk away from that deal? Literal dreams. I had a dream one night that Ben that Ben um. Injured his his right knee. And I was crying in the dream. I was upset. Lo and behold, two nights later, he had a massive knock against his knee. He sat next to the field and he was like, Ah, oh, but and I and the dream just it kicked in. I remembered, ah, oh, I dreamt. I went to him, I said, I want to pray for you right now. I prayed for his leg and he got up and he was okay. God, God knew he had to give me faith. And he helped me on by giving me a dream. And so I was activated at at that moment. That's a specific dream. It's a literal dream. Then we also get symbolic dreams. And these are hot, but we have the spirit of wisdom, right? We've got the Holy Spirit to help us. Now, a symbolic dream would not necessarily be maybe your friend that you recognize walking into a home that they might want to buy and, and you're sensing that literal uh, uh, direction. But it's something symbolic. You're like, why is a sheep chasing my friend in, in the dream? Like, what's? why is he running away from Breiflase? You know, this this doesn't make sense. And like, And then you're like, dreaming that there's a sheep chasing him, but then there's a snake that comes and catches the sheep. And you're like, oh, that is a symbolic dream. And what you do with a symbolic dream is you connect with your friend and in love and care you submit it to him. Because it can be that him or his wife or a friend knows what that means, but you have been given symbolic leading because we are a body. And God often speaks to other people. All right we've had we've had things like this where someone is very scared to share a symbolic dream but the moment they shared it, the person said you don't know what that means to me I've been afraid of spiders my whole life in fact it's a fear and now you you, you share that you you saw me stepping on one and I'm just going to overcome every fear in my life you know I've seen the dots connect like that um is it possible that the enemy gets gateways into our dreams through things we've looked at that we should not have seen since we've committed that we have not repented of? Yes, 100%. But I'm not focusing too much on the stray paths, but they are there. They are there. All right? And that's why you need to be in a small group, and that's why you need to take what you experience, your impressions, your dreams, to someone that's mature in the spirit, especially once you want to appear. Uh, apply and, and respond to those dreams in obedience. Make sure you're not alone. Amen? And then, it's got its own category, but dreams of visitations from Jesus or angels, and the reason it's got its own category, and it actually mixes with visions, which is coming up. Often people don't know whether I was awake, whether I was asleep, but this was this would be uh, uh, angels appearing to Mary. This would be angels appearing to the parents of John the Baptist, all right? This would be visitations scheduled by God, okay? We hear of these. I have not been visited in that way, although I have been strongly, strongly affected by the nearness of God in in, in church and at home, um, but not in a sense where I've been communicated to um, by an angel or Jesus Himself, but it it does happen. We hear these stories in Muslim countries where people that have never heard about Jesus, they come out and say, "No, the man that came to them," and then they describe Jesus as described in Revelation. Told them, "Go to that place, go to that place, go to that place," and then they end up in a home with Christians and they become born again. Okay, it does happen. All right, dreams. I had a very good question this morning. A lady asked me, what do I do? Because I get the same nightmare every second night or every night. Sometimes I'm afraid to to go to sleep. You can consecrate your nights to God. You should. The psalmist writes, Lord, even when I sleep, you instruct my heart. All right. And so if you struggle with that, um, get help. Get help with that, all right? Sometimes it can be that you are traumatized. It can be an open door. Once you close it, once you repent, it's over. It can be that God wants to grow you to strength to overcome fear, right? But don't ignore continual nightmares. Do something with it. Take it to someone that can help. Is that okay, everyone? Please do that. Right, the last group for tonight is visions. Visions. This is v- something very common, that first one, glimpses in the Spirit. It's very common and it makes sense because God made you with eyes to see and He, he, he made a beautiful, beautiful earth, nature. God is into beauty, all right, and some of you, you're really captivated by God through nature and and beautiful things, and God has made you that way. Some of you can stare at the flower and just say, "Wow, God!" For me, I need to look at a choppy. and then I'm like, "Wow, Lord!" You know. But um, the fact of the matter is, we we might have been hurt by the old idea of. The priest with his clothes, you know, representing God, you know. And, and, and he breaks into your life because he made you and he formed you. He knows how to communicate with you very deeply and very gently. Um, I know my wife, she she connects with God very deeply when we're outside. And sometimes I'm like, hello, you know, what's happening? And, and she's just locked in because there's something happening between her and God as she scans the environment. Uh, for me, I'm different. I run from one place to another. I need to be still and in a consecrated space often to hear. But, but we are different, right? But he's made everything you see. And he's made you have an ability to say, hey, I, that's beautiful to me. That's not so beautiful. So how is it possible that we sometimes think that he does not speak to us By bringing to remembrance beautiful things that he showed us. Things that makes our heart glad, He he speaks to us. And so sometimes when we pray, we, we get reminded of some of the beautiful things we've seen or some of the ugly things. Maybe there's a warning. For me, like literally sometimes, the vision I see is a scripture. I see it with its punctuation because he speaks to me like that. Now, I want to share one or two testimonies with you. So, Pastor Sias from Shofar this is one of the testimonies that actually changed my life when I was a student. So, one day he was praying and he, he he saw a picture, a piece of bread, and he just got a name with it as well, that he should go buy a loaf of bread and take it to someone in Rez. Now, that's very weird. You you get food at Rez, you know, but he's like, okay, God, it's not sin to go and do it, so I'm going to step out in faith and do it. So, he went bought a loaf of bread and brought it back to the race. As he was walking up the stairs, this man was walking down the stairs, and he said, hey, I have something for you. Here's a bread. And as he handed it over, this person broke down in tears. He's like, oh, what's going on? He said, no, I was on my way to take my life unless someone would hand me a loaf of bread. Now, yeah, uh, only God, only God can know that. And you're not going to find that in Scripture. But you you can find in Scripture that it's not sin, and, it might, and you know the voice of the Holy Spirit because you maybe heard it yesterday and the day before. So sometimes you must just allow God to work in a mysterious way. Another person, same story. He heard he should give a lady a rose, uh, a red rose, which is odd because you, men don't give other women red roses. But but what happened is her husband promised the roses, but he passed away. And so when this man brought the rose, it opened her heart, it opened the wound, and she connected with God again. Because someone saw a glimpse, a picture arose and there was a name attached to it and they just obeyed. All right? Because God can work in mysterious ways. Amen? Often, I don't want to put you guys in a box, but often those that that's artistically inclined Sense a lot of communication with God this way. A lot, a lot. Um, who, who's that? Who who experiences God through pictures and beautiful things? Yes. So you're not weird. You're made by God. Wonderfully made. So, so go with it and open your heart. So a glimpse would be a, typically a still image. You'd see uh, like a, a rose or a bread, something still. But then there's something... Uh, which want to get its its own category, which is a developing vision. And, Brown, can you just quickly get up? and I didn't know about this, but after this morning he shared this with me. This is an example of a developing um, vision, which is not still, but actually progressing. So, uh, just when I came to salvation, uh, a bit afterwards, the Lord told me that I was going to be a pastor one day, and I didn't quite like the idea or, you know, a doubting it a lot and then God just gave me this this vision of me locking up the church this church I wasn't at this church yet I was still coming from Pretoria to, to come and live in Secunda and I locked the church and I drove out and I drove past this circle here and at that time this school all the circle wasn't built yet now there was just a piece of grass here and that was just a, a straight road and when I joined so far and we moved here and they built the circle I was like, oh, okay. And now, every, every night when I lock the church and I drive past that circle, i like, okay, I'm busy doing what, what God has called me to. He's, he's shown me this. Yeah, let's give God a clap. He's alive. Um, uh, Tanerica's not here, but she actually, uh, the same day her mom passed away, God revealed to her, showed her that he's taking her mom like this. So before they phone... Um, She told her she's home, because God can speak to us in these ways. This can never dictate or change scripture, but remember those banks that we build with the word of God? Okay, as we read and get to know it, it's like a riverbed, and then God can start sending waters into the riverbanks, which is his word, okay? The logos, which is the written word, is our solid foundation, and then the rhema word can flow in it. We've got an example of a a developing vision in Acts 10. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And he saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being led down by its four corners upon the earth. And then in it was the animals, unclean animals. And God said, eat. And he was busy revealing that. There's, I'm taking you into a new covenant where it's not about what food you eat. You can eat whatever you want. It's about being intimate with Christ and bringing in the Gentiles into the church. That was an example of a developing vision that progressed. All right. Is there anyone that has experienced something like this before? Like a, a, a vision that, that has progressed? Okay. Role of it. God is working with you. The last one for tonight is an open vision. Now, it's hard to distinguish. Once again, I'm not saying these are the only ways. I'm just getting you going and making you aware that God speaks in various ways. And, and some of you, I hope, go home tonight realizing, man, he has been speaking with me. It's not the devil. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just that he knows me. And that, that, that's, that's a goal for tonight. So an open vision is typically when your eyes are open and and something happens. And you don't always know where you are. We have an example of this in Daniel. Daniel 10 verse 5. He says, I lifted up my eyes and I looked. And behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold. So he's explaining this man and then look what he says in verse 7. He says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. And what this means is that God is allowed, always remember this, to do what he wants to, and he will only do what he's already told us in his word. He will do nothing apart from that. But it can be that five men walk and one sees what no one else is seeing. Because that's what God wanted to do at that moment. It is possible, it's not common. Um I can't specifically remember a, a moment like this in my life, but I'm I'm open for it if that is how God wants to wants to communicate. All right. Which would then be an open vision. And 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 maybe sometimes there's a little bit of confusion about the dreams and the visitations of Jesus angels and open visions. And so it's all right, not that we we're not here to try and categorize. Into definite groups, how God speaks. We're here to celebrate the fact that God speaks, and that we can hear Him for different ways. How God speaks, prophetic impressions. Some of sometimes it's emotional. The voice of God that comes in words, right? That internal audible voice that cuts through your process of whatever you're busy with, dreams. And that one, what's important to remember there is watch out. If there's patterns of nightmares, let's invite the Holy Spirit, right, to uh, redeem your dreams. I, I just want to say this. I'm taking a bit long tonight, but I can see you guys have have patience here tonight. Some of you guys that dream, especially that if you are wide in a way, uh, that artistic side would have experienced earlier in your life a lot of temptation with the the